This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so the Ukrainian and Russian conflict is escalating with Ukrainian civilians now taking up arms against the Russian military. You know, this situation is the just the epitome of uh, why the Second Amendment was founded. Uh, you know, Zach, you know, uh, you know, we've we've heard year after year, you know, president after president uh, say that, you know, we don't need AR-15s and we don't need AK-47s. We had Beto O'Rourke say we don't need ARs. We don't need AK-47s. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. He said, hell yes, that's we're right. going to take them. And this conflict here has is, is, is set the example of why we need AR-15s and AKs, why we need the 30-round magazine. Yeah, there's a beautiful, beautiful set of tweets that uh, I believe it was Defiant L's, the Twitter, they released. Of It's basically they took an old tweet from uh, Occupy Democrats, mm-hmm. and then they took a recent tweet of them, and they put them side by side. The old tweet was from uh, June of 2016, and Occupy Democrats, they tweeted out, no civilian needs an AR-15 regardless of whatever mental gymnastics you do. You are a very special breed of stupid. And then on February 24th, 2022, the same Twitter, Occupy Democrats, released breaking. Ukraine's interior minister announces that 10,000 automatic rifles have been handed out to the civilians of Kiev as they prepare to fight tooth and nail to defend their homes against Putin's invasion. Retweet if you stand with the brave Ukrainian people. <laughs> so yeah, it just goes to show that when it suits them, they say, oh, nobody needs an AR-15. And then this kind of comes back to show you, hey, you know what? They need actually uh, an automatic rifle instead. That's right. You know, it's it's uh, I know it's 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 funny how, you know, they they use it to uh, uh, their benefit. You know, in this situation, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, we we've said it all along. You know, this just proves proves that we're right. You know, absolutely. You look at this. This is Russia is a superpower. 
and you you have civilians, regular mom, dad, you know, uncle, brother are holding off an entire military from taking over that country. Yeah, and they actually got basically conscripted, drafted at the beginning of this. They're trying to leave. People are trying to leave, and then they see these military-age men leaving, and the Ukrainian government is like, hey, hey, you need to stay and help us fight the Russians. And then they're keeping these military-age men, giving them a rifle, and basically you know, telling them to defend their country. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, and I'm, I've been watching, uh, there's some video of, uh, you know, you have uh, uh, citizens are stealing tanks from the Russian military. Oh, with the tractor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to show you that a little later on in an hour, in, in the hour here. Uh, but yeah, they've been stealing tanks. Uh, they've been doing all kinds of things. Uh, a, a young a man uh, actually picked up a landmine and moved it with his bare hands. You know, uh, wow. Yeah, it, it just it, it shows it shows to go. You know what people could do. They're fighting for their homeland. They're fighting for their country. They're fighting for their countrymen. And this shows that you know it takes a lot when the people stand up. You know you can stand up and you yes. You know we we've always said you know always said it. Uh, over and over again, the Second Amendment is not about, you know, duck hunting. The Second Amendment is not about, you know, doing anything else except for, you know, it, it's it's our right to protect ourselves against someone else trying to, you know, take what we have from us. And so it's – and I, I love it. And Susanna Hupp, I think, said it perfectly, you know, when she testified before Congress. Uh, she said it very well, uh, and, and it shows today that – this exactly is what the Second Amendment is all about. You know, these people are standing up for their country. They're defending their country. They're grabbing whatever they can, and they're fighting. They're fighting back hard, and it's it is sending the Russian military back a little ways. And, and this is a superpower. This is a you know we're talking you know there weeks you know they were saying how you know the media was saying how powerful the Russian military is and how powerful their equipment is, and they're going to run over Ukraine in a matter of hours. And here we are, days later, and they still have not taking over the, the capital of Ukraine, still, even today. What do you think? Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the uh, the Vietnam conflict, right? Where it's a bunch of rice farmers that defended their country with AK-47s. Basically, it's just these people who lived in Vietnam that took up arms that stopped the world superpower us from winning that war right and it drug on for a long time and there was never really a victory by the u.s and it was just because the vietnamese people stood up and they were able to fight off world superpower yeah <laughs> it, 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 yeah you're right it, it shows to go how you know this it can be done. It shows to go. That's right. It shows to go. I can't be done. It definitely can be done. Uh, so I'm I'm proud of the uh, Ukrainians. Yeah, they're standing up. They're fighting. I don't know who's right, who's wrong in this situation. I don't know really the history behind it. You know, but I, I love the fight. I love seeing the underdog. You know, fight against the, you know, fighting back against the big dog there. Because mm -hmm. Putin's always coming out and just being. Mr. Alpha all right. the time, right? That's right. And, and, and now he just comes in. He's kind of getting steamrolled by these <laughs> Ukrainian people. And they're standing up. Yeah, saying, there's hey. that Ukrainian uh, fighter pilot that shot down six Russian jets, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fighting back. 
fighting back hard. Mm-hmm. So take note, you know, <laughs> you know, or, what can you do? You know, or what would you do in this situation? I, and I, I love seeing people uh, say that, hey, you know what? I, I want to go to go to Ukraine and I want to fight with the Ukrainian people. Uh, unless you're in Alaska, <laughs> you might want to stand down. If you're in Texas and you had a hard time dealing with uh, 30 degree temperatures <laughs> just just yesterday or day before, uh, you might want to sit down somewhere. We're talking negative 20, negative 10 degree weather here. So if you can't deal with the uh, the 30 degree weather that we had here in Austin or in in you know in North Texas, you're not going to be able to deal with the weather they had there. You know this is serious weather. We're talking you know serious cold weather, snow, ice. You know negative 20, negative 10 degree weather, uh, and and the fight is going on. These people are fighting for their homeland. They're fighting for their right to survive. They're fighting for their countrymen. They're fighting for their land because they believe in it. And and I hope, you know, I, I, I'm going to send all the positive energy I can that way, you know, because unfortunately, uh, the United States as a government is not assisting them, you know, uh, and I just want them to be able to stand up, fight, continue to fight what they're doing and and push the Russian military back. We we'll back after this. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. 
All right, so the, Ukraine, the Ukrainian-Russian conflict is escalating with the Ukrainian civilians now taking up arms against the Russian military. This situation is the epitome of why the Second Amendment was founded. Uh, this is why it's important that you practice. This is why it's important that you arm yourself because you never know when you may have to defend your homeland. You know, you may have to defend what you believe in. You never know. And this is a prime example of that. And, you know, we had people walk into the gun store today on Sunday saying, hey, you know what? Because of what's going on in Ukraine, I think I need to get an AR. I need to get a, a handgun for the house. You know, so I actually had people walk into the store, you know, saying that today. Would you, you believe that, Zach? I believe it. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, check this out. Let's talk about Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Do you know in uh, a lot of these uh, cities uh, where the Democrat controlled cities, do you know that the crime has actually increased dramatically? You know, uh, do you know rape in Atlanta has soared by 236 percent and murder by 43 percent just this year in, in 2022 compared to what it was last year, 2021? Let me say that again. Rape in Atlanta, rape. R-A-P-E in Atlanta has soared by 236% and murder has soared by 43% compared to the same time last year, you know, after a so-called woke city mayor uh, and, and the pandemic lockdown sent crime just soaring. So this is, this is just unreal. Homicides in Atlanta are on track to beat last year's 30-year high of 158 murders while rapes are up. 236% after a soft on crime mayor and pandemic lockdowns, you know, and all this stuff. So Atlanta Police Department statistics revealed uh, last Friday that the homicides are up 43% in 2022. 43%. I can't even say that enough. 43%. Uh, the Atlanta Police Department has said that irresponsible gun ownership has led to many of the shootings this year. Uh, and, I, and I disagree with that. You know, you're talking criminals. You're talking thugs. Uh are, are responsible for, you know, these shootings. Uh, while some city officials laid the blame at woke former mayor Lance Bottoms, uh, who announced she wasn't running for office again in 2022 for not doing enough to tackle crime. Meanwhile, Bottom, Mayor Bottom tried to blame local Republicans for lax gun laws and lifting the pandemic lockdown. And in January 2022, City Council President Felicia Moore announced she would be running to unseat the then mayor on the grounds that crime is that is out of control in every neighborhood in the city. You have different little sub you know, sections of the city. They're trying to annex themselves away from Atlanta because of the crime. They're trying to form their own police departments and and separate themselves because all this defunding of the police, the police not having their resources uh, and crime is just going through the roof. And it's just like that same thing in Austin. Austin's doing the same thing. We we are way, way ahead of homicides in 2022 right now in Austin than we were this time last year. Well ahead. You know, we're, we're just man, it's just it's soaring. It's going crazy. Uh, just yesterday, I was looking at the crime map, and within an hour, there were like four separate stabbings in, in Austin. Uh, there were two shootings going, you know, that happened in Austin all within an hour of each other. Man, sending police all over the, the city in Austin, Texas, uh, because, you know, you know, just the way this city is run, the leadership, the mayor, the city council, and it's happening in all of these major cities that are Democrat run around the country. You know, we got to, you know, got to get some more resources to our law enforcement and also hold law enforcement accountable, you know, when they do things wrong. You can do both. I don't see anything wrong with doing both. You can't defund. You can't take funds away. You have to make sure those funds are being, 
you know, spent uh, the right way. And then also make sure they're held you know, accountable. You know, so according to Mayor Bottoms, who responded to the criticism, she said her mentioning the rise in violence across the United States is not an abdiction of responsibility, but acknowledgement of the widespread severity of this issue. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see what goes on, see what happens at the as we get down to the latter portion of this year, uh, because this is just it's it's getting crazy. It's getting out of control. And it's there seems to be no end in sight. You know, uh, a network of more than four thousand five hundred surveillance cameras across the city of Atlanta uh, is, you know, they have it set up. So it allow the officers to pull up footage of their cell phones and laptops before they get to a scene. Uh, so they're trying to give, you know, different technologies. I don't know how that in, that. That kind of, I don't know if that infringes a little bit. You know, I don't know. What do you think about that? Officers having access to the cameras. Mm, sounds <laughs> like uh, very convenient. Right. I was like, I don't know about all that now. Getting a little too close. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's supposed to be something in between there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be a little buffer zone there uh-huh. somewhere, huh? Yeah. Right. So uh, some people say that, uh, like in Buckhead, they say they're living in a war zone, uh, which is a suburb of Atlanta. There, um, so I don't know. It's it's there. Uh, you have the uh, the leader of the movement, the Bill White, the CEO of Buckhead City Committee. Uh, there outside of Atlanta, said they they wanted to create their own police department as a crime as crime skyrocketed through the area. Uh, he said that he officially filed to succeed from the city in June. Had slammed Atlanta city leadership, including Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, accusing her of ignoring the soaring crime and presiding over a demoralized and underfunded police department. You know, and this is what we've been saying all along. You know, they're, you know, removing the funds uh, from law enforcement instead of just doing a little more oversight. You know, you want to make sure, you know, when you're giving law enforcement those funds, make sure they're being spe- spent the way you know they should be spent. And also they have, you know, the amount of officers they're supposed to have on the street and and make sure that when you're sending officers to this to a particular scene uh, that you're sending, you know, the right amount instead of it's a car accident, you know, on the interstate and sending 10 police officers to handle a two car collision. uh, That's, you know, that's that's too much. It's all and then sending zero officers for a home invasion. Right, right. I think one officer can handle the two car collision, and how about we send those other officers to the, you know, to the home invasion or something like that? It's just, it's just crazy, uh, and that's what we're having. That's the problem we're having here in Austin, you know. Also, so there's a leadership problem, I think, with the senior leadership in the Austin Police Department when it comes to dealing with, you know, how those resources are supposed to be dealt with within the police department and how officers should be sent to the different scenes and different things that are happening around the city. And it's, ha- it's like that in, in all the major cities. You know, it's like the, the chief, you know, they really have no oversight and no control, you know, of, you know they don't have a grasp of, of how to handle that for some reason. And we need to make sure that, hey, you know, uh, when there's a bank robbery, we need to make sure that a certain amount of officers respond to that bank robbery versus there's a homeless guy, you know, acting crazy on the intersection, you know, three miles away. <laughs> we need to send four or five officers to that. We need to send those officers to that bank robbery. Yeah, so, I know priorities. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Um, we have also um, eighteen thousand machine guns uh, go to Ukraine volunteers in the Russian fight. You, I think you were talking about that earlier, right, Zach? Yeah, they're handing them out. Uh, eighteen thousand machine guns. Uh, so who's handing them out? Government, right? <laughs> Ukrainian military. 
So at least 18,000 machine guns have been handed out, you're right, uh, to the volunteers in the Ukraine by the government in Kyiv since Russia's invasion of the country began. And the Ukrainian's interior minister, just like you said, advisor uh, Vadim there, made the announcement according to the BBC uh, that the country's defense ministry also said that it urged residents to prepare gas bombs, also known as Molotov cocktails, Mm -hmm. in a rudimentary push to do all they can to combat Russian aggression. So um, I love it. You know, do what you can get what you can put together. You know, if you can Molotov cocktail, I love that they're, you know, that they're, you know, stealing the, you know, the tanks whenever they can, you know, pulling with a tractor, you know, sabotage, you know, that's what it takes. You know, what, what was that movie? It was a movie, man. Red, was it Red Dawn? Yeah. When the Russian invasion came to the U.S. There you go. There uh-huh. you go. Prime example. That's all it takes, you know, like, oh, and, and I remember people talking about um, this back when we were talking about, you know, open carry and concealed carry on campus. They're saying, you know, you guys are living in this, you know, facade of like Red Dawn, you know, as if the Russian military comes over, you know, you and your little neighborhood, you know, can stop a Russian military. And look what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's being done and the world can see it. It's on the world stage right now. You have regular old mom and pop. Uh, or standing their ground, defending their country, defending their land, their countrymen. Um, so men were seen across Ukraine's capital in everyday clothing with rifles across their backs. And on Thursday, the, that Ukraine president, you know, uh, said male citizens age 18 to 60 were not allowed to leave the country, so they would be forced to help in the fight. And so, um, and 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 there's uh, reports coming out of. Uh, of course, long lines at the grocery store. They're they're out of bread. They're out of milk. Uh, they're out of water. Out of know. gas. Yeah, out of gas. Uh, because I guess people are trying to leave and gas up and all that stuff. And I'm sure a lot of resources are not necessarily coming in. Uh, so we're seeing that as well. Reports suggested that an attack could have been targeted, targeting the area's combined power and heating plant. Another report said that the Russian missile hit a school building. Uh, which was said to be empty and no casualties were reported. Uh, as the BBC reported, there uh, there was even a, a call in Ukraine for hackers to come together and help fight back against Russian cyber war against the country as well. So they're asking for everything. They're asking for other countries to uh, to you know put up the fight you know, against the the financial structure of Russia. Uh, they're asking you know for you know whatever assistance they they can get. And the thing they're saying is this: they're saying, look. You know, don't you know, uh, we don't need a ride from the United States. We don't need a ride. We don't need a a vehicle. We don't need you to come and help us, you know, help us escape. What we need is we need bullets. You know, we need help. We need assistance here. Uh, They're standing up. And and, and it's it's almost like, uh, you know, everyone's saying Germany saying, hey, go forth, do great things. You know, we're all in it for you. We're here to help you, you know, but they're not sending help. They're not sending the resources that these these people need. Uh, And it's almost like they're afraid to jump into the fight. All the other countries. What do you think? Just send me over there, man. Just send me over there. I'll have this solved within a week. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Jack Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Ukrainian people say we need ammunition. We don't need a ride. Uh, we need we need assistance. We need guns. We need ammo. That's what we need. We don't need uh, transportation out of the country. We're here to stand. We want to stay in our country. We want to stay and fight. And that's what I like. That's what I like to hear. I like to see because I'm you know I, I, time after time you see these different conflicts. You see people that are so quick to just escape and run away instead of standing up and fight. And this shows that look at this. They are. They're giving us the prime example, the prime example of what we've been saying year after year after year after year. This is what the Second Amendment is all about. Stand and fight. They don't need they don't need a ride. They need ammunition. Let's go to the phone lines. Our call in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-LIVE. Come and talk it. Hey, Skip. Michael Cargill. What's going on there, sir? I see your boy Zach over there, too. That's right. One, hey, Skip. Hey, Skip Davis, one of the best attorneys in Austin, Texas. Well, thank you. It's kind of you. But listen, you're a soldier. I'm a soldier. We both know from history that mount military operations on urban terrain and city fighting are indeed the most arduous of, car, of combat. In fact, all uh, uh, um, Putin, as a student of history, depending on how much history he really studies, should know from Stalingrad, just in World War II, just how painstakingly slow an advance through a city can can take a mechanized army. Got to watch out! Got to watch out for against, snipers. That's not even against a a, a considerable foe. We're talking about people here who are armed with long rifles against uh, infantry, uh, armed with uh, automatic weapons and armament. Um, that's a hard match. I think that if Putin bit off a little bit more than he could chew, it might be in going into these two towns thinking that there would just be them, the, the, the Ukrainians just rolling over. Um, I, I don't know that... Uh, the Ukrainians have a what, – what I do know is that the Ukrainians did not have an open carry, Second Amendment kind of style of uh, approach to, to arming themselves. But their government was quick to hand out weapons to, to, to people to form that well-organized militia that we speak of in the Second Amendment here. And you can see that they are coming together. Uh, they're a ragtag, but this is going to be uh, a long slog. And don't forget, siege warfare 
can also work against the people who live in the city. Um, and things are going to get really bad once they start running out of resources down there. Great show, Mike. Good talk. And the Russia's getting the, they're getting a real rude awakening here. They've already lost more troops in 48 hours than the U.S. lost in 20 years in Afghanistan. And so the world is watching and people are taking note of this. You're talking Russia. You know, it's supposed to be a big powerhouse. Uh, you know, so that's a lot. That's a lot. In 48 hours, they've lost more troops than the U.S. did in 20 years in Afghanistan. And that says a lot. Take note. Watch what's going on. This is what happens when people stand up and fight. So don't ever tell me, don't ever tell me uh, that, you know, what the Second Amendment stands for in this country. I don't want don't ever question why I should have an AR-15. Don't ever question why I should have an AK-47. Don't ever question why I should have a 30-round magazine, why I should have a 150-round drum magazine. Don't ever question why I have uh, 20,000, 30,000 rounds of ammunition. Don't ever question that because that's my right to protect myself, protect my family, protect my home, and protect everything that I have. And so, like I've always said, more guns definitely equal less crime. And I said that today, I'll say it tomorrow, and I'll say it the next day. More crime, more, more guns always equal less crime. And so these people are proving uh, exactly why this is important. Take a look. The world, the world is watching. The world is watching, and they're learning. You're going to learn today. <laughs> and Russia's teaching you. Better yet, <laughs> uh, Ukrainians are teaching us. All right, so let's go to, let's talk about uh, Kansas. Kansas City Gun Store. What is all this about, Zach? Kansas City. It's a Kansas City Gun Store. Is that the uh, gun store owner that was caught selling some uh, certain parts? Selling machine gun components. Oh, yeah. Ooh, can't do can't that. Can't be doing that. ATF don't take kindly to that, uh -uh. sir. They don't like it, tech. Don't like it selling them machine gun parts, sir. Got to watch oh. out for them Sears and all those doggone, uh, those uh, the Glock switches and stuff like that. Don't like that now. Ooh, he just pled guilty. Uh, A 37-year-old gun store owner sold components that converted firearms into machine guns. Mm. And it's actually just a part that the ATF considers a machine gun. Right. You can actually just take a little piece of what seems like metal wire, hold it in your hands, and it just looks like some bent-up wire, and the ATF considers that a machine gun. Mm. So, yeah, Charles Weston, 37, waived his right to a grand jury and pleaded guilty before U.S. District Judge to federal information uh, that charges him with the one count of illegal possessing a machine gun. Um, and according to Wednesday's plea agreement, a special agent with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, the ATF there, identified a website operated by Weston that was selling multiple items believed to be machine guns. And those items included a drop-in auto sear, which is intended to convert an AR-15 type firearm into a fully automatic firearm. You know, you know, Zach, we had um had a someone ship a firearm to us uh, one day, and it was a it was a rifle, and so. When we were we put you took we pulled it out of the box there, and you know you have to you know annotate the serial number, the make, the model, where it came from, you know who it's going to, and all this stuff. You have to put all that stuff in in the computer there, type it all in. And so as we're looking at this, we notice, hey man, this gun is kind of short. It looks like a short barrel rifle. And then as we you know, we, once we noticed it looked like a short barrel rifle, we started looking at it even closer. 
we notice, hey, this has, it's going to a third selection. You know, it has safe, it has fire, and there's another selection. <laughs> you know, it kept turning. Like, hmm. So we took it out to the gun range, you know, and, and test fired it. It's like, oh, it's an automatic. <laughs> it's a machine gun. And so I called the uh, ATF branch, the NFA branch of the ATF uh, there, and gave them the serial number to see if this was registered, you know, in the, uh, with the NFA branch. It's like, no, this is not a registered machine gun. It's like, oh, because it didn't come with any paper. It didn't come with a Form 4 anything or Form 3 or nothing. And so and it came from an actual individual. And so, I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, this was kind of like a trick. You know, someone's trying to trick us like, how can this be? You know, there's no way. You know, someone sent us an SBR, a short barrel rifle. That's a machine gun that's not registered. So, of course, we immediately contacted the ATF, and they immediately came over within 30 minutes to an hour, you know, over and, and confiscated the machine gun. Um that was also an SBR immediately. So it's, you just, you, it shows to go. People are, you know, I don't know if this was a trick. I don't know if they're just testing us. I don't know. But I do know it's, you know, as a federal firearms licensed dealer, you know, it's easy to overlook something like that. It would have been easy if my, my employees weren't paying attention that particular day. You know, we could have possibly transferred this SBR machine gun to another customer and not knowing what it was. And that's scary. Yeah, and this gun store owner in Kansas City, he was selling what uh, he advertised as cell phone holders, <laughs> and they were actually auto sears. Oh yeah, and that's that's it's a common problem. Like in Houston, uh, a lot of these major cities, you have these Glock you know, sears or Glock switches uh, that they're buying. They're buying them online, which you can buy online. But just the mere fact of you owning a Glock switch or sear, you know, that goes into a Glock there that turns it into an automatic. Not a semi-automatic. Turns to an automatic just by owning the part, the little piece. It's very, very small piece. Doesn't even cost that much. You're talking at something that costs less than a hundred bucks. Just by owning this, you're committing a felony. And then you put it in a firearm. You're making a machine gun. Ooh, man. Yeah, you're definitely committing a crime. Is that a bigger felony if you have it in a gun than if you have it as a not assembled it's, it's firearm? Like felony times two. One for being a, you know, having the sear. One for. Turn it into a machine gun, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, you're getting yourself in all kinds of trouble there. And it's 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 something that a lot of people are doing. I don't know why. Why would someone want to shoot? Um, why would you want it to be automatic on an automatic setting? Because one, for the handgun to be in an automatic setting like that, it's really unstable and the gun wants to move up. You know, uh, when you start firing and shoot, it's shooting multiple times, you, it's, you lose control of the firearm and it just wants to go up in the air. So it's better to shooting in a semi-automatic setting, actually, in that particular, you know, especially for a handgun. Well, maybe you work on your grip strength a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the videos I see on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, what else we want to talk about? That's in Kansas there. And I think I skipped one. Uh, skipped the one in Kiev residents that they're you know, not ready to give up. and they're, uh, they're giving guns to help defend their city. You see that one? Which one? It's the one uh, where Ukraine's, uh, I think we talked about the Ukraine Minister of Defense had issued a call for civilians between 1860 uh, to take up to arms to help defend the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not only, you know, were they giving up, you know, giving firearms out to the civilians uh, in the city, they're actually, you know, in the country. They're asking them, hey, we're asking you to volunteer to come up, you know, and do this. So people are standing up, and they're standing up strong. Uh, this is my country, one man says. I have a, my, 
my family here, and I have a duty to protect my family and to protect my country. And this is the duty of each of every, every Ukrainian, this 44-year-old uh, young man actually said. So and I, I love the spirit. I love the fight. I, I, you know, I love stories like this. You know, I hate they're, they're in the situation that they're in, uh, but I love their fighting for their country. And when asked if Ukraine was ready to fight, he said, we will fight as much as we can. We will fight because we have our families, our, our country, and our lifestyles that we are not ready to give up. A commander at the center who did not want to be identified uh, said that uh, a people had arrived to fight, but that many did not have a military experience. He said there were not enough guns to go around, and so that seems to be the problem. And that's why they're calling. They're saying, hey, we don't need a ride. We don't need you to send us transportation. Don't send us a plane to come pick us up. What we need, we need guns. We need ammunition. That's what we need. We have the people uh, that are willing to learn. We need to send us guns, send us ammunition so we can stand and fight and send the Russians back from whence they came. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hi, this is Stephen Wolford, the Barefoot Defender. I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about Breonna Taylor. Uh, the Breonna Taylor raid trial, uh, gunshots inches away from hitting uh, one of the neighbors there. Uh, that trial is unaway. And what, here's what we're looking at in this case. So the officer is not on trial for shooting and killing Breonna Taylor. And just so you know, no officers have been charged with shooting and killing Brianna Taylor. Okay. Uh, the case that we're looking at is the case of the neighbors upstairs where the officers went into the, uh, when they gained entry into Brianna Taylor's apartment, they fired shots and those shots actually went upstairs in a neighbor's apartment above Brianna Taylor's apartment. Now here's why. Okay. So I have to explain this to people because a lot of people are upset. You know, well, why are they being charged, you know, with shooting and killing Brianna Taylor? Since she wasn't the one, you know, she didn't do anything wrong. Well, here's why. There are two different ways to look, two sides to look at this case. You have the case of the boyfriend, uh, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend. Uh, when the police officers executed a no-knock warrant to go inside the apartment, the boyfriend who was staying there the night did not know that they were law enforcement. He heard someone gaining entry into the apartment, a lot, lot of noise. So he pulled out his handgun. He fired shots at the police officers. And he was justified in firing shots at the police officers because he was he was actually exercising his right to the castle doctrine. If someone's unlawfully entering your home, uh, your vehicle, your place of business, you can use force or daily force to stop them. So he didn't know they were law enforcement, executing a warrant. He just heard a lot of noise. Someone's breaking to the apartment. He fired shots. He was justified. The police officers are going to be justified at shooting and killing Brianna Taylor because they were executing a warrant and they had a no knock warrant. In order for the police officers to not to be justified in shooting and killing Brianna Taylor, something has to be wrong with the warrant. Either they 
lied to get the warrant or they tricked the judge to get the warrant, something has to be wrong with the warrant in order for that shooting to not be justified because they had shots being fired at them. And since they were being fired upon, they can return fire. And since they end up hitting and killing Breonna Taylor. The problem is when the officers were returning fire into the apartment, the warrant that they had only covered Breonna Taylor's apartment. The warrant did not cover the apartment upstairs. So when they're firing shots and their shots hit the neighbor's apartment upstairs, that's where the problem lies because the warrant does not cover that apartment. They're not justified in firing shots at that apartment upstairs hitting innocent people. You can't shoot innocent people in that apartment there. But unfortunately, in the apartment where Brianna Taylor was, they had a warrant for that apartment. Everyone in that apartment was actually in that apartment is free game. So, so is Brianna Taylor innocent? She, I, she's an innocent person, but she was in the apartment where the warrant was being served. Therefore, fair game. So you can shoot an innocent person if you have a warrant for the place that they're inside of. Because they had shots being fired at them coming from that apartment. So they're just Even though the shots being fired were justified. Correct. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes. So, hmm. Ooh. It's going to be, yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. So even though the person shooting them was justified, the police are then justified, justified in shooting shoot. back. Yeah. It hurts. They were and just... they're justified in shooting an innocent person because they are also present. In the location. But if you're on the other side of a piece of sheetrock, then different different apartment. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Uh-huh. I know. So yeah. well, you know. That's that's scary. But that's where we're at. But check a look at this. Uh there's a video of a, a neighbor uh testifying in this case. So take a listen to this. I got woke to what um so it was like a loud, a loud boom, and uh, I jumped on my feet, and she she jumped out of the bed as well, and um, you know I kind of speed you know sped walk down the hallway, uh, the hallway here, and uh, in my mind I was thinking that for some reason I, I just thought that somebody was trying to come into our apartment, so my instinct was to go to the front door, uh, of course, to protect protect my family. Just debris started going past my head, my face, um, which I pretty much knew, because I mean, I heard the shots, pretty much knew that it was uh, gunfire coming through the wall, because uh, that's what I do for a living is, is remodeling. So when the drywall started hitting me in the face, like I already knew. Uh, so I hit the floor. Um, there was probably maybe a 30-second pause. Um, everything got silent after the shots. Like, I don't even remember how many shots I heard because it was just so chaotic. Um, I, I remember hearing them, but I couldn't tell you how many I heard. Like, it was all at once to me. Um, I, I believe that I heard um, LMPD get get down on the ground, get down on the ground, or, or I, somewhere along those lines, I heard something like, I heard LMPD announce themselves outside, like, that's all I remember, and I remember having, like, a relief, I was like, okay, the police are out there, you know, it kind of relieved my mind, because, like, 
I didn't know what to think at the time. Like, I didn't know if people were outside in the breezeway fighting, shooting at each other. I didn't know if we was getting robbed. Like, I just didn't know what was going on. And I, I, after I looked down the hall or into her bedroom or apartment, um, I, 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 heard, um, I heard somebody saying, I believe that was, uh, breathe, baby, breathe. Breathe. I think it was breathe, baby, breathe. That's what I, that's what I remember hearing. It's a very, very sad situation. And then people get caught up in the emotions with this, Zach, because the first thing that people say, well, you know, they, I find it funny how, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're, the police officers are on the hook for shooting the neighbors upstairs and the neighbors upstairs are white. You know, it's not about the neighbors upstairs being white. It's, it's about the, you got to look at the totality of the situation. Got to look at what the law and what the, and what the law says. It, it, they have to find something wrong with the warrant. You know, if they can prove that there was a, you know, that warrant, warrant was a bad warrant, then they can be held accountable uh, for shooting into the, into that apartment. Yeah, but if you can't find anything wrong with the warrant, then there's nothing wrong. And the boyfriend didn't do anything wrong because the boyfriend at shooting at law enforcement, the boyfriend was justified in shooting at the police because he did not know that they were law enforcement. He didn't hear them announce themselves. And so he's firing at someone who he thinks is breaking to his apartment. So he's justified in shooting at the police officers. So in, in a lot of cases, and we've said this before, he who shoots first hits their target wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. It is what it is. Uh, and so I don't get caught up in the feelings and emotions of these things. I got to look at, I look at, you know, look at the things and I look at, I got to look at the way the law, how the law looks at it. Unfortunately, if you don't like the law, then go to your, your elected officials and actually change the law. That's rec- I recommend what people do. Uh, if you don't like how this is, you know, how this com- comes out. What do you think? Well, I mean, <laughs> or you could just shoot back, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, man, look at those three people that are arrested for that full-scale uh, ghost gun factory in uh, San Jose, California. There, so you had three people, and and you know what? You can build yourself a ghost gun. There's nothing wrong with building yourself a ghost gun, at least in Texas, that is. But what you cannot do is you cannot build them and sell them, build them and sell them, build them and sell them. That's when you get in trouble. You can't give it, you know, can't give it away to someone else. You know, build them and give them away. You can't do that. So uh, that's when it becomes a problem. So you can the, sell guns, though, right? You uh, can sell you, a gun. If you, you have can, a gun, you can sell a gun. You can sell your private, your your gun. Uh-huh. Okay, yes, you can sell your gun. Okay. Um, absolutely. Or give someone a gift as a gun. Correct. But what you cannot do, you can't normally build, you can't act like you're a dealer. So don't act like you're a dealer. That's then, right. right. Don't be a dealer. So you can... Make a gun, and then, hey, you decide you want to sell it, gets, right? Gets to be a little tricky there, like you said in Kentucky. It's going to be a little tricky there, partner. So you build a gun, you don't like it, you sell it. Yeah. That's a citizen's right. You may be able to get away with it once. Uh-huh. You may be able to get away with it twice. Okay. But thrice, they're going to get you. What? I'm <laughs> just telling you. You're allowed to sell your guns. You are, but if you do it as if you're a dealer, and it's in the eyes of the beholder, who decides who's a dealer? Who's a, who decides you know that you're actually dealing those firearms? You ATF. Know the, you Is know it the, the ATF thing? or a jury of your peers? It's gonna be the ATF and, ATF a, and a jury of your peers. Uh-huh. Be both. And then a jury of your peers, right? What what did uh what did President Biden say? You know the you know the thing. <laughs> You know that, the you know the thing the thing that goes up. 
Oh, man. So uh, uh, three people are now in custody accused of running the operation out of a home in San Jose, uh, Will Glen neighborhood there. And uh, the residents in the neighborhood, many feel there is an undeniable sense of safety across a small pocket of San Jose. It's old war, old world charm, you know, parks and kids and lots of restaurants and things of that nature. And I'm just like shocked that something like this is happening in their neighborhood. And so these are, eh, these are just the, the typical, you know, homemade guns. You take a picture, look, look at some of these uh, little homemade guns, you know. You build it at home. It's it's eighty percent. You take an eight percent lower lower part of the firearm there. You cut out the rest of the holes or whatever. Drill them out, tap them out, and then finish it out. Make it a hundred percent, and now you have your your nice firearm there. What you cannot do is you cannot normally sell it like you're a dealer. Uh, so, weapons seized included eight assault weapons. Uh, they call it assault weapons in this news article here. And uh, I don't know what the assault is. Assault is a verb. Okay, so they. The weapons included eight firearms. That's what I would love for the media to start saying. Eight firearms, like AKs and AR-style rifles, as well as two handguns. Uh, so that's what I would love for them to reword their story like that. But, hey, it is what it is. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. You, you built your own firearm, right? I mean, hasn't everyone? Yeah, you built yours. I built, yeah. I love, you know, I love it. I, I, but, you know, what... Like Legos for adults. Yeah, the problem is, though, when you build them, though, uh, they don't come out to be like 100%. You know, there's always something wrong with it. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. Right, we're back, and we want to talk about uh, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Uh, you see that video, Zach, of uh, the tractor pulling the tank in Ukraine? Yeah, you showed me that. I see that. <laughs> Take a look at this, folks. Uh, this is hilarious. Yeah, that's a. Oh uh, yeah, see, it, it takes all kinds. You got to do what you can do. Got to do what you got to do. Uh, and I love it how you know. People stand, they're standing up, you know, for what they believe in. Um, I want to change gears a little bit. I want to talk about the, um, uh, the, in New York, we have that court case uh, in New York with uh, the National Shooting Sports Foundation uh, that's going up against um, the uh, state of New York and the New York governor, along with Central Texas Gun Works, uh, Glock, uh, Smith and Wesson uh, and some other major major manufacturers and also distributors were actually suing the state of New York because the state of New York says that if we sell a gun here in Texas, for an example, and if that gun that we sell in Texas winds up in New York and used in the crime or something like that, even though we sold the gun legally here, then that they can actually come back and they can sue us, you know, here. In, in Texas. That's a bunch of malarkey. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, I think that's pretty crazy. You know, Zach? Yeah, I mean, you know, here we are. Even though we have someone walk in the gun store, fill out the firearms transaction record, we do the background check on that person, and that person goes home, that person has the gun in their car or at home, and someone breaks into their car, breaks into their home, and steals the gun, and somehow the gun winds up in New York 
and using a crime and recovered, they can come back and sue me. Well, I mean, that's not really the point of this <laughs> legislation, right? The point is people who make these laws hate guns and they want to do everything in their power to punish gun manufacturers and try to get them to go out of business, mm. right? Isn't that the true nature of these bills, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I, I can't argue with you there. Yeah, just like if these Sandy Hook victims' families really wanted something to change and they wanted legislation to happen, then they wouldn't have agreed to settle, right? They wouldn't have agreed to just get paid a couple million dollars. They would have taken this to court and they would have seen something else happen other than just getting paid, right? Right. Well, now, now what we have is, you know, so we have this fight, and now in opposition to us filing this lawsuit, you have uh, every town uh, for gun safety. You have Giffords and, and Brady, uh, the Gabby Giffords Foundation or her, her little organization there, and, and the Brady organization have now filed briefs in op- opposition to our lawsuit. And this is only at the first level, which is kind of odd. You typically don't see people filing briefs on the lower court. You know, the first the first court there, they typically will file those briefs when this case goes to the appellate court and on that level. Uh, but they're 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 launching an attack already against us now in trying to stop this lawsuit and try to get it shut down at the lower court level. They're trying to get it tossed out. So we'll see, you know, what happens there when we go to court uh, on on this case here. So it's a big fight, a big showdown, big showdown in New York, because yeah, this is a big deal. You know, and like you said, Zach, it's all about uh, putting you know the gun stores out of business and by you know keeping them in court. Well, they want to get the manufacturers out of business so they don't even make the guns to have to sell to gun stores. Correct. So it's a big fight. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then also we have the Ahmad Arbery case. Um, so the jury, uh, that that case is back in in the news again because, um, and I think a lot of people are confused about this case. So you had the, you know, the first case there, uh, the three gentlemen were convicted, and then federal hate crimes uh, were also brought against these individuals, and they are they actually were prosecuted on the federal hate crimes on the you know federally in federal court, so. I, you know, to me, that's just kind of kind of weird because they're already going to go to jail for life. They're not going to ever see the day of light. You know, I, I think to me, it's just a waste of resources and a waste of money to try them again on the federal level, even though they're not going to get out of jail from the first charge in the first place. And you get convicted of three, four, five, six felonies. You know, you're going to spend the rest of your life. You're going to you're already going to die in prison. So why bring the federal charges? I'm I'm totally confused by that. And 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 why this was actually done in the first place. So a jury in Brunswick, Georgia, unanimously found defendants Travis McMichael, his father Greg McMichael, and their neighbor William Rohde, uh, Brian, guilty in, on all counts in the federal court hate crimes trial. And the jury deliberated for less than a day at the heart of this case. And was a, so it's, you know, brought this case, case came forward, convicted him. And now add it on top of the sentence, you know, as if they're going to have time to serve that sentence. I guess if they survived <laughs> past 100. Yeah, and Jeff Bezos's uh, arm of 
journalism, the Washington Post, <laughs> they have a headline that says, the federal trial of Ahmaud Arbery's killers shows the limits of hate crime laws. So they want them to go away for five life sentences, I guess. <laughs> they just want them to die 50 times in prison. Yeah. And be revived and then die again. And they should have been, you know, we're glad they're convicted. They should have been convicted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, but just the, these, the other case just seems like a waste of resources, waste of money. Um, should have been used for something else, I think. Because they're already going to go to jail for life. They're not going to get out of jail for the first case, ever. <laughs> There's no chance, ever. So it's not going to be overturned. Um, Remington. So how gun makers bait insecure young men into buying firearms, they say. I don't know about this. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I, what do they call it? Predatory advertising? Yeah. I don't know. This is a... So apparently... It's, it's been well established that companies that exploit gender stereotypes to prey on women's self-doubt are harmful to society. Uh, but the lawsuit filed by families of the victims um, of the 2012 Sandy Hook mass shooting against gun manufacturer Remington might help to show how men are just as vulnerable to damaging gender ideas. So they say, I, I don't, and I don't buy into that. You know, I, I really, I don't buy into it. You know, so basically what they're saying is that, these kids, or especially this Sandy Hook shooter, might not have committed the crime if he didn't see this ad somewhere. This kid stole the, took a gun from his mother, killed his mother, you know, and I, I've never seen an ad for Remington. Have you ever seen an advertisement for Remington? Mm -mm. And I wonder, could they even prove this kid even saw an ad for Remington in the first place? I've never seen a Remington ad. I don't even know what a Remington ad looks like. Let me see. Let me Google Remington advertisement. <laughs> see, you're gonna find up. results from this news story, <laughs> and that's see what all you're gonna find is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, that's all that's gonna come up. Yeah, let's see. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, Remington advertisement. Let's see what they look like. I see things that are written way back in like the fifties, sixties. There's nothing current at all when you Google this. So. This is I, I I don't I don't get any of this stuff. Uh, this does not exist. Yeah, there's no such thing. I've never seen a Remington advertisement. You you don't see Remington being advertised in a magazine or anything like that. You know, if you you see anything you see about uh, Remington or any other firearm, you're gonna see it on a website that sells guns. <laughs> you know, it's it's a website. You're seeing the actual gun. You're not seeing any advertising about the gun. The only thing they put on there is the description of the gun. You know what its capabilities are. You know, and all the kind of stuff. What caliber it fires. You know, what all the specifications are. You know, the size, the weight, and things of that nature. Um, all these little these any if you Google Remington advertisement, you're going to see advertisements that were advertised things back in the fifties, the sixties. You know. Uh, these are things that you're gonna you're gonna come across. You're not gonna see anything in in modern times. Nothing in in 1990s. Nothing in 1980s. Nothing in 2000. Any advertisement, anything like that. So, uh, I, I'm not understanding exactly what they're saying when they're saying you know that this young man saw uh, by him being subjected to seeing Remington advertisement. This is what drove him to shoot and kill a bunch of people. I think this kid was crazy and deranged, and that's why he did it. You know, for he, this kid killed his mother. He shot and killed his mother. And I don't think an advertisement influenced him whatsoever to kill his mother. <laughs> so that makes no sense whatsoever.
And if I'm wrong, you know, you tell me. Give me a call. My call-in number is 512-643-5483. That's 512-643-LIVE. Come and talking. Come well, and it talk. reminds me of a, what uh, Rahm Emanuel used to say. He said, uh, never let any good crisis go to waste. <laughs> right? Yes. Because you could just say, hey, this kid was crazy. He did a crazy act. But then how are you going to punish these gun manufacturers if you just say that? Yeah. No, don't let this go to waste. Utilize it to punish the people who make guns. Don't just let it go to waste. And someone says, Michael, it's not Remington, it's Bushmaster. All right, so same thing. I Google Bushmaster advertisement. I still come up with advertisement of advertisement of Bushmasters from the 50s, the 60s. There's nothing in 1980s, 1990s, or 2000s. So no matter where you go, whether it's Remington, Bushmaster, I've never seen any advertisement for rifles at all. Okay, so show me. I'm from Missouri to show me state. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. <laughs> All right, we're back. And uh, Thomas says, you know, I don't agree with that about Sandy Hook shooter because he murdered his mother, stole her gun and car. Exactly right. And so, you know, and someone else said, you know, well, are they going after the car manufacturers, you know, because he used the vehicle to drive to the, to the school to shoot the kids? You know, so we, are we suing the car manufacturers as well? Um, so, hey, you know, uh, someone else says, I think it's funny. I was screaming for a constitutional carry and renew my license to carry. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You have to, Donald, you got to tell me what that means, what you're talking about there. All right. So um, I want to go back and want to talk about, let's see, that was Remington. We, we, we didn't talk about the story of the Texas deputy. Um, There's a Texas deputy, uh, man was fatally shot, uh, a Texas deputy officer who was working security at a mall. We'll talk about that. And this happened, where was this, outside of Houston? A Texas deputy constable working an off-duty security job at a Houston mall was fatally shot by a man who gained control of the officer's own gun. And police said the suspect was shot by police and died at the hospital. Um, deputy Neil Adams was working a second job uh, Thursday afternoon at the Plaza Americas Mall in Houston when he was shot by a man in, 30s, in, in his 30s. And so authorities are still investigating what led to the altercation. and. Uh, one of the uh, investigators said the suspect ran to the mall's food court where he was shot by two Houston police officers, and the man whose name has not been released died later Thursday at a Houston hospital. And so, and it's Houston is getting out of control down there, you know? It it really is. It's Houston is just man, it's just growing, getting crazy. Uh, they're gonna have to do a better job. Maybe we need to get a what's his name that was down there in Houston went to Miami. What was it? Acevedo. Yeah, you have to get out of Acevedo back, you know, get control of what's going on down there. Just joking. <laughs> Not. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. No, just joking. All right, so 
Let's talk about George Soros. Uh, Soros-backed prosecutor seeks collaboration of financial sector to push gun control. Hear that story. So why would someone who, um, who abhors the uh, criminal justice system run for its highest office in the most populous county in the United States? Well, by the looks of things in, in Los Angeles, the answer is to pursue a radical political agenda and to turn the full weight of a very large and powerful bureaucracy against its principles, political, and ideological enemies, seems like. So early this month, um, Los Angeles County Prosecutor George Cascone sent letters to the American Express, Visa, and MasterCard urging them to ban use of their platforms for the online purchase of what the letters called ghost gun kits. Now, the letters did not define this term in detail, but the effort is clearly aimed at products that allow consumers to make their own firearms for personal use, a practice that is lawful under federal law and dates back to the founding of the country. Zach? They don't want you to go online and buy your different parts and pieces and make your own gun. Well, I mean, they want to regulate everything, right? Isn't that the end goal? End goal is control. They want to control you, regulate and control you. Uh-huh. They to tell you what you can and can't do. Um, so this prosecute, this, uh, this DA has made it his business to use the sweeping power of his office to reimagine law enforcement, mainly by refusing to enforce laws against criminals, Ravaging the local community, he was supported in his bid for office by George Soros, an international financier notorious for spending huge amounts of money to remake institutions worldwide in his own globalist image. Now, the results of this experiment speak for themselves, you know. So with homicides in Los Angeles spiking by nearly 12 percent over 2020 during uh this DA's first year in office, but the horrific 46.7% compared to 2019. So crime is soaring in all, like I said, in the beginning of the show, we talked about Atlanta and we talked a little bit about Houston, uh, these cities, how crime is just spiking dramatically in all these Democrat controlled cities. And so, and I, I think in a lot of it, and I've said this before also, a lot of it is because of, you know, the pandemic, you know, people are tired of being locked up and, and the, you know, the natives are like restless, you know, people are just want to get out, get out and do something. They're tired of being separated and away from people want to, you know, be with people. And it's just, I think it's, we're not used to, we're used to, you know, being close together as a close knit family, getting together for Thanksgiving, getting together for Christmas. When you've been told, you know, for the last few years, you know, don't go to grandma's house because you may get grandma, the, the Rona, <laughs> so uh and and I think it's it's playing out now, you know, we're seeing the results of that. You know, so we're seeing the results of not being close to family, not having family around, uh not being close to your loved ones. Yeah. I remember watching a, a video that Gary did when he went downtown to one of the parks here in Austin and the guy just said, you know, I just want to be next to women. <laughs> he's, he's, he just want to be next to girls, you know. Uh, you can see the sinceness of in his his face, you know, his eyes, you know, the way he looked. He's like, look, I'm tired of being in my apartment alone by myself. I want to be next to people. 
And I think we're seeing the results of that. You know, people want to be with people. And that's also why what they're not talking about is why suicide is also increasing as well. Um, we have a, a large spike in suicides because people want to, you know, they need to be with people. They need to be around people. You can't isolate people, you know, and keep them, you know, uh, tell them to stay in place, you know, wear, you know, wear a face mask. You, you, you can't see a person's face, can't touch someone. We've gotten away, you know, gotten away from doing that handshake and things of that nature and, and that touchy feeling, you know, society that we used to be. And, and people, you know, don't know how to act. And, and, and this is how, I think this is how they're acting out by doing this. What do you think, Zach? Well, yeah, you take that away from people, take away human interaction, and people are going to become more sad and just it, your it, happiness is lessened, you know? It, what is life about if it's not about how you interact with other people, right? And it's showing, too, because um, I, was, uh, I got a message this morning that Gary was in church. So I knew we were all in trouble. What? I'm going to get you for that. <laughs> yeah, boy. Gary, get him Gary with House was in church this morning at 10 o'clock this morning. I don't believe Shut my your ears. mouth. Yes, yeah. I'm telling you now. Shut your mouth. Yes, he was in church at 10 o'clock this morning. What? Yes, I'm, t- I'm here to tell you. I almost fell out of my seat. I was driving. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, is that why all the fire trucks are heading that way? <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, stand back. That's right. Thunder and lightning. The the building. There's a hurricane coming. Something's happening because Gary Faust was in church on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Wow. Yes, that's I what I said. My ears right now. I said, what's going on? He's like, yeah, I just got to, you know, I got to change my life. <laughs> it's like, whoa. My- oh, he said his identity was stolen. Is Maybe what- it was someone else. That was so- oh. oh, it wasn't really him. Uh-huh. Someone oh, pretending to so, be him. Someone pretending to be uh-huh. him. Because he couldn't reply. He couldn't. Re- I was sending him a text message. I was trying to call mm-hmm. him. He's like, eh, I can't talk right now. I'm in church. I said, Oh Lord! I bet you the pa- did the pastor burst out in flames. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what is going on? Ooh, Gary was in church on Sunday morning at ten o'clock. I didn't know he can get up that early on Sunday. <laughs> Let alone be in church. Woo! That's a lot there. Oh, man. Somebody call Gary and let him know. Everything's going to be okay. He's doing the Lord's work now. Doing the Lord's work. He has turned mm-hmm. over to a new leaf there. He's a, yeah, he, a, a new meaning to praising the Lord and pass the ammunition coming from Gary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you. All right. So what you got going on this week, Zach? You doing anything fun? Am I doing anything fun? Yeah. I'm always doing something fun. Going to the range? You've been going to the range. You've been going to the range like every weekend, right? That's right. And I'll be there teaching two classes this Sunday, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. class and the 10 a.m. I'll be out there teaching the beginner uh, pistol and rifle and shotgun course for Central Texas Gun Works. We've been having a lot lot of like... uh... A lot of people take classes uh, in that are like um, what do you what do you call people that that babysit kid not 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 a babysitter but nanny. like a nanny mm-hmm. but male nannies mannies mannies I've been seeing a lot of mannies take the class which I was like what what do you do for like oh you know they didn't use the word manny they use another no. term. <laughs> they, they use another term for it but it's like yeah I'm you know stay at home you know. I don't know. I don't even know the term. I don't. What is the term? Any, anybody? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even. You know, they they use a different terminology for it. But it's Casey. like Casey. You know, 
Don't know either. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, it's like, I thought that was kind of weird. You know, a lot of them, a lot of mannies are taking the handgun license course. They're taking a beginner firearm safety course, learning how to shoot. Uh, want to learn the laws, and 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 they want to, I guess, be able to protect the kids while they're babysitting. Protect the kids. Protect the kids. So while they're out and about shopping, going to different places with the kids, they want to be able to carry the gun and also protect the the family's children. So I, I, my hats off to them. As always, folks. More guns equals less crime. Wherever you are, Ukraine, you go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've listened to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Peace, this is Maj Ture. You're listening to Come and Talk It Radio with Michael Cargill. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.